Hello, everyone, and welcome to Transition Careers. On today's episode, I will be joined by Greg Lowen. Greg and I also worked together at the same company for a number of years, and he definitely has an interesting backstory that we will discuss. He took the bachelor's to industry route and ended up working as a director. That was followed by his recent moves into business development. We had a fantastic conversation about lessons he learned while moving up in his career, how colleagues approached him to take on new roles, and we even cover a little bit on leadership. Hope you're all excited. Let's do this. All right, Greg. Well, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity. No problem. And we were talking a little bit about this uh, offline, how you grew up in Montana and you worked on a ranch and looking at your career progression and your path, working on a ranch in Montana to a chemistry major to working for a pharmaceutical CRO. That's we just we definitely got to hear that story because that seems pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, gosh, I started working on a ranch when I was in high school. So uh, I worked for a guy that owned both a ranch and a tire store. Uh, I got a call one one uh, weekend to go mow the lawn up there. And, and it just one thing led to another. And I ended up working on the, on the ranch and or the tire store all throughout high school and then through college. Uh, and then after college, um, I'd had a, a job in a natural products lab for a little while. And then I actually went in and uh, managed the tire store, one of his tire stores, uh, for a couple of years as well before before I uh, moved on from that. So quite the history there. Yeah, and then and then why did you choose chemistry uh, as your major in college? So uh, I wish I could go back and tell you exactly what my thoughts were. Um, I think I was like most kids coming out of uh, out of high school and not with a real solid plan in mind of where I was going or what I was doing. Kind of picked college or uh, sorry chemistry because I enjoyed it. I was good at chemistry. I was good at the natural sciences when I was in high school, uh, and that that was an interesting course for me. Um, and then once I got into college, a lot of the professors uh, in, the, in the chemistry department were very, very encouraging, uh, very supportive of, of taking that route. So I stuck with that and, and uh, stuck with the chemistry route because of that. What types of things were they saying to you to make that encouraging? Oh, boy. Uh, <clears throat> just that the, uh, they were happy to have people in the chemistry department, uh, people majoring in chemistry going in that route, um, that there was some good opportunities within the department uh, if I stuck with it. So, um, and kind of one of the things that I go back and question is, is why chemistry, why not one of the other uh, disciplines that the, the school offered? And, you know, they were uh, computer science, engineering, you know, different things like that. And, and I try to think back, like, why didn't I pick one of those? And, and you know, I, I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. Um, some of those positions probably would have led to a more immediate, uh, you know, an engineering degree or computer science degree that there's probably more, more employable right out of school uh, th than a chemistry degree. Yeah, very much so. I've always thought that too. I feel like engineering and, and things like that, it's almost like plug and play. You just get out and there's just always something waiting for you. So uh, that's why I asked that question. I was curious what they said when they were motivating you to do it or saying it was a great choice if they had some, I don't know, ideas for you for career-wise, what to go into. Yeah. 
Well, for sure, all the professors in the department were very supportive. They, they you know, just you could go talk to any one of them. They're all very open. Um, I got some great internships and stuff working in one of the labs that was there. Uh, I got a TA position while I was in school. So there was a lot of good benefits, uh, you know, in that respect from from being in that department. <laughs> it was a smaller department than compared to some of like the engineering departments and that type of thing. So, so it was a more personal, um, more personal interaction with, with the with that that group, the, the group of professors and stuff there, for sure. Yeah, I like that too. I bet that one on one was useful for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know that's so. This kind of leads into your first sort of move. And and again, I have another question because you took the bachelor's into industry route. Um, did your professors talk about graduate school? Was that even in your on your radar or anything? Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned that I had worked in a natural products uh, research lab um, right out of college. And, you know that that was part of one of my internships in school as well. And so I worked for a couple just just fantastic professors doing that. Super smart. And uh, you know one one of the things that they talked about was you know getting an advanced degree. Uh, but they had funding at the time, so I went to work for them full time. I went full time, and there was another guy that that I worked with as well. Um, he went full time as well. Um, he ended up going back to to school afterwards uh, and getting a PhD. I got married and had two little kids, and so that, that was kind of the, the divergent course there. Um, if I hadn't gotten married and hadn't had two little kids, then then you know I think my my uh, career path probably would have been different. Probably would have mirrored his a little bit more. So uh, going back to school. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, sometimes you have those things in life that that force you to make those decisions outside of you know <laughs> <For> what, <sure. laughs> something else you might want to do. But I'm curious. So you mentioned you were kind of working full time in these labs, and again, this brings up something because I've thought about too. Like when I was working in graduate school, like in the labs, doing just much more just lab based stuff. I thought, man, this is cool, and I I feel like that sort of led into me wanting to join industry. Could you talk about that at all? Or did you have that feeling like working full time, like thinking, oh man, this is cool. I'd like to do this as a job as opposed to going back to school. Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. Um, I actually did get accepted to go back to school. I did apply to go back to school, pharmacy school. Um, and then kind of the plan was for my wife to go back to work. So we had the two little ones and uh, then I was going to you know, devote time to school. Uh, but unfortunately we couldn't, she couldn't get a job in the town that, that the school was in. So, I mean, it, it was, there, there was nothing. Uh, and she had an, a, a degree as well. Um, and so she applied for a job in Kansas city and, and got that job. And so we, we ended up just moving down here, uh, to Kansas city from Montana. It was, it was a real whirlwind, kind of a move and everything. Um, it was a really good position for her, uh, a really good career move for her. And so, so we took that. Um, and then kind of the plan for me was to, at some point, uh, pursue that, pursue that again, go back to school, either get a PhD or go back to pharmacy school, uh, when, when the opportunity arose. Uh, and in the meantime, I went and got the job with the lab and, and, uh, that turned out to be, you know, how should I say it? Uh, a lot of opportunity there. So, so I was able to advance my, my career, uh, progressively there um and just kind of keep moving on moving up so with progressively better and better positions you could say um so i never did take that opportunity to go back to school 
I see. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, sort of, you know, why would you, right? If you have those, if you feel like you're advancing, you're gaining experience, then you f- might feel like you don't really need it. So that's kind of, that's a great transition into, you know, talking about some of those early career moves you made. I know that you started off uh, as a laboratory scientist at the at this pharmaceutical CRO the first place. You moved out of the lab like many people do. So, but I guess I am not super familiar because I don't know if we've talked about this. Did you first move into a study director role or was it a different role for, for moving outside the lab? Yeah, kind of kind of the progression in the lab um, at the time was, you know, scientist one, scientist two, research scientist. And that's kind of when you become a, a study director. You don't move completely out of the lab. At that point, it wasn't uh, study directors weren't completely out of the lab. You, you had studies that you were working on. Uh, as well. So you did spend a lot of time in the lab. So it wasn't wasn't a clean break from the lab at that point. You did spend a lot of time in the lab. Okay. And then what was your motivation for, for making that move into the study director role? Uh, I mean, you talked about just having great opportunities and great career progression. Was that the only reason you just wanted to keep moving or did you have some some other urge to do it? No, for sure. That was, <laughs> that, that was kind of the... Uh, the career path, you, you know, you move up from from lab lab scientist into a study director. And a study director is much more valuable for the company, uh, so they pay you more. Um, and, and so that that was that's really the motivation behind that, you know. And that's going to be a jumping off point to to something something further down the road. So, yeah, absolutely. So then, moving off, or sorry, moving after the study director, you became the director of one of the actual scientific divisions. Is that correct? Yes. So, so that came, um, you know, I moved to that study director role and then I moved into uh, another department uh, within the company. And then the guy I was working for at the time, he came to me and said, hey, the company is going to start the, this new division um, and it's going to start off with a partnership with, with a company based in Europe. Um, th- this, new, this new product, uh, this new service that we want to offer is kind of fits in with what we're doing now. And so it's, so it's very important for us to adopt this, kind of adopt this technology and do this. And he, he told me basically he thought I would be great. He said in, in, the, in the management meetings that they were having, he said, well, why don't we just look at Greg to do this? And, and, I, and I, I looked at him and I was like, I have no experience in that. I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know one thing about that. And so he says, don't worry about that. You'll be fine. And so that was my boss. And then the guy that was actually going to be in charge of that that group, um, kind of the manager, would be would be organizing all that as well. I talked to him, and, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, don't worry about what what you don't know. That'll be easy to learn. Uh, you got the right mentality. You got the right attitude for this type of position, and, and you would be good. And so I said, all right, well, let, let's give it a go. Let, let's try this. Yeah. So to expand on that a bit, did what what was that mentality and and uh, that mindset that sets you apart. I mean, did you guys talk about that, or did you did you think about what that what that was? Um, that's a good question, and and uh, I did not ask them ex- exactly what that was. I, I know I had the experience of being a study director and working with clients. I, I know I, I had the experience of working in multiple divisions or multiple departments within the company. A couple things like that. Also, I was uh, you know a hard worker. I worked with a sense of urgency uh, that was always important to me. Um, I always tried to do quality work, those types of things. So th- those were some of the, 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 
the qualities I think that we're looking at. Yeah. And, you know, with, with my first guest, we talked about moving out of the lab, how that, that can be a, a big shift for laboratory scientists, right? Personality wise and what you're used to moving into the study director role. So in my opinion, moving from even a study director to being a director of a division, let alone a division you mentioned that you don't have a lot of background knowledge in. I mean, that had to be terrifying. Was it not? I mean, did you have a lot of reservations about that or were you very confident in that move? <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. I was way out of my comfort zone doing that. But um, so, so how it started is we, we, we had a partnership with a company uh, in Europe. Uh, and so we were, we were promoting their products to our, our customer base in the U.S. Uh, and then we also started promoting their, their services. And so my, initially my role was to help with that promotion and then help with some of the technical questions uh, on some of the things that they were doing. And, and that really morphed uh, over time. But one of the big things I was doing is going out and giving presentations. So I, I was traveling with the sales team, different, different people on the sales team. They would set up the meetings. They would talk to the clients and all that. And they, they would show up and, you know, I get in front of, the, front of this group of people and, and give a short presentation on, on the products and the services that we could offer through our partner in Europe. So it was a little bit different uh, paradigm uh, compared to what the rest of the company was doing with, with the, you know, the services in-house. And now we're, you know, subcontracting or outsourcing these services to, to a, a third party. And so a big part of this was, was building the relationship with that third party. How do we work things out? Um, they didn't have a real good idea how things were going to go. We didn't have a real good idea how things were, were going to go. But just being, you know, having willing people on both ends to work hard and, and to try to make it work was, you know, made it successful. Yeah, no, definitely. Just to review sort of the the basis of it. I mean, you mentioned that it was career progression, but also that you were approached to take on this director division. So, but there wasn't like, you didn't wake up one morning and think, man, I really want to be a director of one of the divisions at this company. <laughs> that's, that, that's not what happened. Um, I think there's always uh, kind of that mindset uh, for, for people like, how, how do I move up? How do I, how do I gain more responsibility? How do I, I you know, get a better salary? Um, how, how, do I, how do I do that? So, so yeah, there's, there's always kind of that thought of like, what can I do next? You know, what, what, you know I'm kind of topping out where I'm at. What's next for me? Uh, and so, so for sure, that, that's a, a consideration. And I think you know, almost anybody's gonna, kind of going to go through that type of thought process what else is there for me yeah so i i love that actually what thinking what what can i do next um because i mean that i feel like that definitely played into why i made my move um from more of a laboratory scientist uh, into the sales realm mm -hmm. and again i feel like a lot of scientists might be thinking that but based on their personality or what they think their training is, they may not think it's possible to do a lot of things next. So, I mean, kind of going back to basis of that podcast, um, I think that's really important that that what can I do next mentality and and really taking advantage of that and finding different opportunities. So, for sure, for sure, keep your eyes open and look for for new opportunities. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so so then though, sort of your your most recent move, you were a director of a division, but then you changed into business development, right? At your previous company and also at your new one. And so what, what made you want to move from being a director to moving into business development? So yeah, good question there. Um, so, so one of the things that we did, so we had that partnership with a company in Europe. Uh, and then at some point we decided to bring the, uh, those services in house. Um, 
uh, you know, th there was a lot of strategic thoughts behind that as well. You know, a lot of things we needed to do as a company, uh, as well as, you know, this partnership was starting to kind of starting to run its course, you could say. Um, great partnership while it lasted, but we wanted to do it in-house. And so I was in charge of the team that was responsible for, for setting up all these services in-house and getting things going. And, and so we hired a team of people, essentially, uh, you know, slowly to get things going, uh, get all the pieces in place and start offering this as a service. And that was, that was extremely rewarding position as well. So, so in that position, I was leading a team. I think we were up to, you know, maybe eight or nine people on the team. It, it was, it was a big team. Um, and then I was responsible for coordinating all aspects of that. But I, I kind of got to the, to the end of that as well. So, so it was like, I've accomplished just about everything I could accomplish here. There's, there's not much more that I can do in this role. And at that point I had, I was approached by uh, a woman on the uh, sales team. So I had traveled with her a few times, um, you know, in, in this uh, promotion, kind of this promotion phase. And she came to me one day and said, Hey, look, we got a position open on, on the West coast. And I think you would be great for it. You should put in your application for this, this open position, this open position on the business development team. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, that's like way outside my comfort zone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but I, again, my, my thought process is all right. Where, where would I go? So where would I go from here? And kind of my thought process had always been, well, I would move into some, some more senior management position, um, some type of, of division director type of a position within the company. And, and that really wasn't open at the time. And it didn't look like it was going to be open for a while. So, so, you know, the next best thing is to try something new and, and moving into the business development role would be a great way to learn a lot of different things as well. So, so I, I jumped on that, talked to the people I needed to, and, and uh, took that position. But again, it was, it was somebody believing in me and coming to me and, and saying, hey, you know what, you would be good for this position. And it was, uh, I was really fortunate for that, to have those people in, in both of these huge transitions in my life and my career, to come to me and say, hey, look, you can do this. I believe in you. You'll be good at it. Yeah, you know, now that you mentioned that, that is very fascinating that both of those big moves into director and business development, people approached you. And mm -hmm. again, like you said, we're very confident. Uh, I don't know how often that happens <laughs> at a company. Uh, again, I'm, I'm fairly young in my career still. I don't know. Though. I mean, do you think, like, could you speak a little bit about maybe what would help a listener become one of those candidates? I mean, it's just about always, I mean, you know, people always say doing your best and being a great learner, but I don't know, being very ambitious. Is that sort of like anything that would make it easier to be one of those people where someone's come up to you and say, Hey, I think you'd be great for this role. It might be something different, but it might be a great growth opportunity. Yeah. That, that, that's a good question too. And I hadn't really thought about that, but uh, what, one of the things that, that I, I've always encouraged people to do. So uh, talking to people either that report to me or report it to me or, uh, you know, other people just in the company is, is to try to make relationships with other people uh, outside of your own department. Uh, try to get to know other people and express your interest in, in learning new things, you know, outside of your immediate, your immediate circle. And then when something comes up, you know, if, if you're, if you're the type of person that's, you know, talking about these types of things, like, how do I grow? How do, how do I, um, what, what else is there? Um, you know, then they're going to think of you as well when, when that opportunity arises. I know uh, the guy that I was working for before I moved into that, that uh, internal science director position, 
I had gone to him a few times and asked him about his department and the things that they were doing in that department. And I showed a lot of interest in that, you know, which was the reason I got the job in his department. And then I think it's part of the reason that he, you know, he said, hey, you would be good for this other position as well. So, and then building the relationship with, with the woman that was on the, on the sales team, you know, listening to her, asking a lot of open questions, uh, just trying to get that interaction. So I was working directly with her. Obviously, she was not my boss at that point in time, but, but she had the confidence that I could do that. Of course, there was, there was a real need, a, an opening. Uh, the, company, uh, the company recognized the, the need uh, to fill the spot, and she, she was very interested in getting it filled as well. So, I mean, it was going to be directly working on, on, in her, her area to help. So, and so she, she had confidence in, in what I could do, what was kind of the, the lucky part for me. So, I mean, again, I really like that. So my first guest, one of his big tips was, you know, staying curious about other people, being genuinely curious or genuine curiosity about other people and also networking and how important that is. So that sounds right on that theme. Like you said, always wanting to learn and grow, uh, talking to other people in your company who may not be in your division, you know, learning about their jobs and showing interest that might definitely set you up for success, uh, especially for people coming to you and saying, Hey, I think you'd be a great fit for that, for that role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always be curious, uh, reach out, you know, you have to, you have to put yourself on the line when you reach out to somebody that, that's got a, a high level position, but most people I found are, are going to be very willing to help you and, and listen to you and, and explain what they do. People like to talk about themselves. So uh, if you ask people about themselves, they're, they're going to be willing to talk about it. In most cases. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's an, always an asterisk with everything, right? <laughs> yeah. So I want to get back to one thing, though. Looking back, so you talked about at the tail end, I guess, of being a director, you brought in services in-house, and you were mm -hmm. also had to do a lot of relationship building. And I can imagine that was highly useful into your transition into business development because, again, it's about building relationships and sort of that organization and communication skills were very handy. I would assume you would agree, right? Uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, going into that business development role, uh, you know, a big advantage for me going into that is, is I knew our customer base. You know, I, I knew a lot of the people we worked with. I worked with them directly. Uh, in that service role. So it was, I wasn't meeting new people. Uh, I knew everybody that was there. And then having worked with the uh, business development folks, I, I saw a little bit of what they did. I missed, you know, I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did going in there for sure. I mean, it was it was huge, huge eye-opening experience for me. But, but forming those relationships uh, helped and then knowing kind of what we did. So I was going into a sales role uh, on something that I had a pretty good idea about what we were doing overall within the entire company. But again, that was an eye-opening experience is, is I didn't know nearly as much as I did about things outside of my my immediate group uh, as I thought I did. Yeah, so, I mean, again, this is something I'm curious about because I feel personally that the move into uh, sales as a, as a scientist is probably one of the bigger moves a scientist can make as far as stepping out of the comfort zone. Um, again, Going back to the first guest, we talked about being a study director, how that's a big move. Moving into a director role, I think, is also a massive move. Um, but even given sort of your head start with some of the experience you had as a director, uh, were, did you have doubts on whether you'd be successful in business development? Oh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a lot of fears about that. So, you know, looking at it, it, it was, 
again, I, I wish I could, you know, pinpoint exactly what it was, but uh, uh, what, what made me take that position and then, and then what my fears were. Uh, I think I was probably a little overconfident when I took that position in, in, in how, how it would go. Uh, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of hesitation, a lot of, you know, being out of my comfort zone. And then once you get there, you realize that there's so much you don't know once you're in, the, in that spot. And that's where you really have to buckle down, rely on your teammates, you know, rely on, on um, the processes that are in place to, to really get through that. Yeah. You know, and I kind of like that theme too, how you can learn a lot moving into business development. I think that's somewhat overlooked. Uh, there's a lot of skills to learn with that career path and even still a lot of science to learn because you have to understand, you know, what you're selling and then how to talk to people. So definitely important. For sure on that, on that science and, and learning things. So I, I was surprised um, traveling with some of the people on, on the business development team, how much they knew about the science and, and my thought had always been, well, you're not a scientist. Uh, your business development, I, I, of course, I know more than you, uh, which is very arrogant of me. Because you get out there and, and they know more uh, about certain aspects of it um, so that they can identify the needs of the client uh, and know what kind of questions that are going to be asked. So um, there's certain aspects I probably knew more about. You know, I knew about pipetting and, and you know, different little techniques in the lab. But how to talk to a client about what they need uh, is, is a big part of that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I like the, that takeaway. So, and then, you know, just to kind of wrap up here, but reflections on, you know, what you've learned and, and your career paths, your career moves so far with your science background, we talked about this a little bit uh, offline. So, but I really want to talk about two key pieces with you and, and get your take on them. Um, the first one is leadership. So mm -hmm. how, you know, how did leadership skills play into, I mean, even going study director, especially being a director, I would say for sure. And then, you know, what's your take on that? Yeah, for sure. That That's a great question. Um, big thing about leadership skills is, is uh, I think, you know, uh, I read a lot of blogs and stuff about leadership skills and listen to some podcasts and whatnot, but it, it's instilling people with a confidence to, to do what needs to be done. So, if they have the confidence to go out there and make the decisions and do what needs to be done, and they know that you're going to have their back no matter the outcome, uh, and you're going to help them work through it, the whole team is going to be more successful. So if every time an important decision has to be made, if people have to line up at your door before they can do it, um, they, they will. They'll line up at your door, but things aren't going to get done in a very efficient manner at all. Uh, so, so just instilling the confidence in, in people to do what they need it, that needs to be done is so huge on that. You know, another thing is, is one, one of the first things you learn is don't ask anybody to do something that you're not willing to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's an important and an easy one as well. So don't make them feel, you know, think about, okay, if I had to do this job, how would I be doing it? How would I be tackling it? And then, and then trying to provide the resources and the director, the direction for the, the person to do that. So, you know, if, if you put yourself in that mindset, it helps a lot in order to talk to the people. You know, and anytime somebody comes to your office to talk to you, no matter what's going on, you want them to leave feeling better about everything than feeling worse. So, you know, I, I'm sure you've had bosses where every time you talk to him, you're just like, oh man, th this is, yeah, this is bad. You just never know where you stand with them. You just don't know what's going on. So you always want people to 
you know, feel good when they're leaving your office, even if it has, has to be a, you know, a difficult conversation. The one of the, uh, you know, look, we, we need to, we need to improve here. You still want them to leave feeling positive that they do have a way forward and, and they can make a, an impact and improve. So. Yeah. So, and one of the things you said, the empowering people to make decisions, I, I think that's just fantastic. Uh, Cause I personally feel that if, if there's, anyone who struggles with analysis paralysis it's scientists right because we love absolutely <laughs> we love yeah. to think right think about every problem think all the data points what's the best decision um but in the, but in the end then you take way too long to make that decision and you know by that time it might be too late or at that point it doesn't really matter and so instilling confidence in people to make great decisions in a you know good time frame oh i bet if you can do that with your group the efficiency has to go way up I would, I would imagine. Oh, for, for sure. For sure. And, and it's a struggle for a scientist to, to get to that mindset as well, um, to, to let people do that. So to encourage them to do that. So um, one, one of the classic examples is you, you go through some, some deep situation and the boss makes a decision, right? And, and so here we got a, we got a very clear decision made on, on this, on this situation, you know, two weeks go by something very similar arises. And, and then the people are, are, you know, they have a choice. Well, last time that this very similar situation came up, this is what we did. And so if they do that same thing, you know, they solve the problem in the exact same way. Um, and then the boss gets mad at them. <laughs> you know, that, you're going to cripple that team. They're never going to make another decision because every time it's like, well, I have no idea what I can do now. Last time we did this, I got in trouble. I'm going to, I'm going to put this on hold and, and wait till I can talk to the boss. So yeah, and that's yeah. Everything goes so much slower that way. Yeah, and you you want those people, the, the, anybody that that is doing the work, they have a better idea of how to solve the problem. So if you can, you can help them figure out a way to solve the problem rather than trying to solve the problem for them, uh, and then and then backing them up on their decision making process. Um, it, it's always so much better. You always get so much of a better result than than if you're trying to make the decisions for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's something that I've struggled with my whole life and I still do. Uh, I'm definitely better <laughs> at it now though. And yeah, f for listeners out there, talk to your boss or do some personal research, but getting better at analysis paralysis and lowering that is is super helpful. Let me tell you, <laughs> your decision-making efficiency. So yeah, I'm a mess when I try to buy something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the other uh, big thing I kind of want to talk to you about, because again, it's, you know, being a director, I'm sure you have to think about this kind of stuff. And even in business development, you for sure have to. And I know it's kind of a vague term. So, but business acumen, you know, you hear that thrown around a lot. Oh, sure. um, just wanted to get some more, just dig a little deeper on that for your side. I mean, did you feel like you had business acumen uh, growing up when you, like how important was it to that director role? How did you learn about it if you didn't really have the background? Yeah. So, so that, that's a good question too. Um, you know, that goes all the way back to, to working at the ranch and working at the tire store. Um, uh, one of my bosses once, you know, said uh, something about, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's like, you know, when you're, you know when you're doing the right thing. You know when you're busy and, and you're making money. Um, and I can almost guarantee you, if, if you're doing the right thing, you will make money. Um, it's kind of a gut feeling, and and that's and that honestly directed me in a lot of the work that I did through the science department and even through business development. And I know that's a kind of a 
putting it backwards from, from conventional thinking, but in almost every role, you know when you're doing enough work to be successful, and then those metrics will follow. So, so you can look at those metrics and measure what you have done uh, and, and see where you're at. And then, you know, of course, if it shows that you're not being successful, if you're not making money, if you're not doing what you need to do, then of course you need to adjust. But, but a lot of times you'll have a good idea um, <clears throat> if you're if you're getting getting done what needs to be done. Big thing on the, uh, you know, the scientific side and and having that director role is 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 my team getting through enough work that at the end of the month we're, we're, we will have turned over enough revenue. And it was almost a day to day thing where you could look and see what people were doing to have a pretty good idea of whether or not, you know, we're going to meet those timelines and we're going to meet, get those results and, and we're going to have the financial success that we needed um, on a day-to-day -day basis. So that was a big thing for me. Let your gut kind of direct the, the metrics. Uh, Cause you know, you know, every day when you sit down or, you know, at the end of the day, did I get everything done I needed to or not? So I like that. I mean, it sounds like from growing up and from your background, you already sort of had a somewhat of a basis in business acumen. Um, and again, I know it just it just gets thrown a lot, thrown around a lot. And I feel like if depending on your education, you may not have a lot of that as a scientist. And so when you move into some of those roles where they are sort of, you know, merge those two, the science and business that it could be challenging if, you know, to take that on or to really take that uh, to learn more about business acumen and grow it. So yeah, for sure. Uh, I wish I could give you uh, some good suggestions on where to go and, and develop business acumen. But, uh, you know, balancing your own checkbook at home is, is, is a big thing. And, and how do I make this work? How do I pay all my bills and have money left over at the end of the month? Um, you kind of keep that, that same attitude going into work. And, and it's like, all right, am I doing everything I need to do to be successful today? Yeah, no, I like that. That's a little kind of a simple take that that definitely makes sense. So, uh, you know, looking back, you've made some big moves, obviously, moving from study director to the director role and then into business development. So thinking from your typical scientist, typical laboratory scientist, those personalities, those tendencies, what, what would you say it takes to make successful moves like that? So moving into higher roles or more client-facing roles? Uh, I'd like to comment on curiosity. It, that that's a big one. Being curious about different things, talking to other people within the company, uh, outside the company. Uh, there's there's opportunities for networking events outside the company, and seeing what other people are doing um, is always good. Research is really easy now with with the internet. So uh, when I got out of college, the internet wasn't <laughs> wasn't as big of a thing. So it, it was a little bit more difficult, but there is still those opportunities. Uh, make good relationships with people and, and uh, you know, stick with those relationships and, and talk to those people. Reach out to people. Most people are going to be happy to hear from you uh, and will be happy to go to lunch with you, um, even if they're a couple levels above you within the company. So and then you can, you know, pick their brain and see, see what's up. So that that's a big thing. I, I would encourage uh, anybody that's kind of in the lab role, uh, if you don't have a good plan, where you're going right now, you know, to think about going back to school. I, I had some some friends and some colleagues uh, go back to school when they were younger and, and uh, work a few years in the lab and then go back and get an advanced degree or even get into medical school or something like that. And very successful doing that as well. Some very successful people doing that. So if that's if that's a, an option for you, uh, maybe it's not, maybe it's not, doesn't fit with what you want to do, uh, very much look into that.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that. That's probably somewhat unique as far as or a unique perspective to say, try it out for a little bit and then maybe go back to school. But um, it's good to know that, you know, that is an option and it could be something that might be useful and work out down the road too. So, and I really like your talking about uh, curiosity. I feel like that's going to be a common theme throughout this podcast, just because it's, it's so useful in so many different parts of your life, being curious about other people, curious about other roles. And I feel like that's easy. So it's easy for scientists because we are naturally curious people. I, I, I talked about this in my intro episode. I think that's what draws people to science is you're naturally curious about how the world works and science is kind of the cure for that. But you kind of have to apply that curiosity to realms that are outside your comfort zone um, in order to you know maybe make some moves or do something different so and that can be the hard part for a scientist i feel like yeah for sure that relationship uh, making yourself vulnerable being humble you know practicing humility you know you're not the smartest person in the room um even if you're the smartest person in the room there's you know people in the room are going to know more about something than you do so so be humble um be curious and make good relationships. Awesome. Well, Greg, we're, we're coming up on time here. So as, as the final thing, I'll get you out on this one. If, if you could give one actionable tip, piece of advice, wisdom on different science careers or even careers in general, what would that be? Probably relationship building. So reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody above you and, and, and kind of foster relationship. What would be my, would be my biggest tip? Absolutely. That that networking, again, kind of with that curiosity, I think they go in hand in hand, right? That curiosity and networking. But again, networking is massive. So never, do not downplay it for sure. Absolutely. Well, Greg, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. If people want to learn you know, more about you, how could they do that? Look me up on LinkedIn. So look me up and reach out. Awesome. Well, yeah, sounds like a plan. Again, thanks for being on the show, Greg. I really appreciate your time today. Yep. Thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed this. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that episode with Greg. If you like the podcast, feel free to rate and subscribe. I'm also open to feedback and you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings because I work in sales. Other than that, stay tuned for future episodes. Take care, everyone.